You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Hello and good evening. My name is Jason. It's a real joy to be here with you tonight. And hello, Clark. You're right on the front row. And by the way, you guys sound great. Oh, my goodness. I love that song. Um, I, because he lives. Yeah, I, I, I just had a like, ah. But, you know, uh, the Gaithers did that a long time ago. And then, and then there, there's another dude who just did it, and he did it totally different. And you guys knocked it out of the park. And I, 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 praise the Lord indeed. Praise God. Um, we have a door here. We don't normally have a door in an aisleway when we come to church, right? But what does a door, what's a door do? It opens and closes, that's right. Well, typically, doors lead to places, right? And this door tonight is the door of faith. The scripture text KJ just read about talked about those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who have faith. And the picture that's on the screen is a story that's reminding us of of Abraham from the Old Testament who had faith when God showed up. And the door that he walked through to walk with God was the door of faith. Where's the door of faith lead? When you open a door and you walk through a door, where does it go to? Goes, Jesus, that's, yeah, it goes open. Doors typically go, go into places, right, or spaces. Where's the door of faith take you? Heaven? Church? It's unseen. How about this? How about if the door of faith takes you into the house of God? The house of God. Because typically when you open a door, you're, you're going into some, well, you may be going into somebody's house, right? But the door of faith takes you into the house of God. Now, is the house of God a, a place right now, a physical place, maybe, is a real place. Absolutely. The house of God is a real place. It's a place where there's love and there's joy. It's a place where there's peace. It's a place where people tell the truth. It's a place where people find out who they really are. It's a place where God lives. And God is resident there. That means... It's where, he, it's where he lives. Not only is he resident, but it's where he abides, hangs out. It's a place where we're meant to live. It's a place that God is in charge of in the house of God, right? Somebody's got to be in charge in your house. In the house of God, God's in charge. In that place where God's in charge, God's put down two laws, two rules. You have house rules you have to live by? God has a couple of house rules. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbors yourself. Those are the rules in God's house. Because God wants love to be present there, and God wants joy to be present there, and He wants peace to be present there, and He wants water to be present there. Thank you, Rich. You're a good man. God wants us to be present there. In the house of God. Because we're made to be present there. We're made to be in God's house. 
We're made to enjoy the, the goodness, the richness, the abundance, the beauty, the majesty, the wonder of that place, of God's house. Forgiveness is there. Truth-telling is there. But because all those things are there, and because God is there and God has His rules, sometimes we find ourselves not there. Right? Because sometimes God's rules begin to move us to different places because we become uncomfortable with reality that God's in charge and we're not in charge. Because we have capacity, we have volition, we have minds, and we have ideas about how life ought to be ordered. God has some ideas about how life ought to be ordered, but we have ideas too, and sometimes we differ from God. And so then all of us, the Scripture says all of us from time to time, in fact, all of us at one way or another have sinned. That's what the Bible calls it when we leave the house of God. And we go on a walk. Sometimes a really long walk. Sometimes it can be a short walk, but we go on a walk. And we begin to leave God's house. All of us have done it. There's never been anybody who hasn't. And we get to a place where we become the kings and queens of our own castles. The kings and queens of our own destinies. We don't look to God and, and we know that God has His rules, but we think that we can create our own. And in the act of creating our own, we begin to commit the sin of pride. And the sin of pride then begins to take us in all kinds of different places, different areas. In fact, we do, all of us, all of us get to the place where we become, we come to that spot where we begin to think that we are the kings or the queens of not only our own castles, but of the world itself. And we anticipate that others will, will see that we're the king and the queen. Right? And when we say something, we expect people to move. And when people don't move, then we get irritated. I don't know about you. You ever been irritated? I've been irritated. I've been disappointed because I thought I was a king of my castle, but I learned that I have got other people who live there, and they don't necessarily think that way. And so when that happens, there's friction in relationships. Not only in the relationship that we have with God, but there's friction in the relationships that we have with other people. And those frictions can cause disagreements, or those disagreements can become fights. Those fights can take us to places we'd rather not talk about. The reality is, is that all of us, all of us, apart from God's house, find ourselves distant. Not only from God, but from one another. Because once we become the kings or queens of our own life, then everybody else is a competitor and not a companion. Everybody else is somebody that we're in competition with to see who is the mightiest, the most powerful. We forget that God himself is the one who's the all-powerful one. And that we're made to be in communion with him. And so in this place, in the far trek away from God, we also find ourselves distant from one another. We find it hard to connect with other people. 
And so our hearts are wounded. Oftentimes our bodies get bruised. And even though we'd like to see the truth or know the truth, we can't hardly make out the sight of what actually is true, not only in the world, but in ourselves. And we begin to believe all kinds of stories. Stories about ourselves, stories about the world, stories about the people that we live around. And those stories can be all kinds of true or untruth. But it's hard for us to know. And yet, even though we have those stories, and we can be far from God, you know what? God comes close to us. He never leaves us distant. He comes close to us in a lot of different ways. The Spirit comes whispering on the winds of of reality. His Spirit comes when we get to hear somebody up on stage and they tell us about their life. And they tell us that they found God present in ways that they didn't know it and God's doing a work that they couldn't imagine would be done. That begins to be a picture and a window into what God might be able to do in our own life. Sometimes we see God at work and we don't have any other way to imagine why something's happening other to say God is at work in this moment that I'm in. And so even though we're made for the house of God, we find ourselves far from it. And we're made for the house of God and that reality that we're made to be in that place, it's like, it's like a fire that's somewhere deep down inside of us and it won't let life go cold. The dreams that you dream, the ambitions that you have, they're still there, they're still with you because they're pointing to a deep reality that you're made for a house of God. We all are. We're made for a place that we can call home, we can belong to. All of us have that space in the house of God. Sometimes we get to a place where we want to be close. We know we're made for the house of God, but we're just, we don't quite know how to get there. We don't know if we can get there. We don't know if it's open to us. And so we come and we take a a seat. You know where we sit down at? We sit down on the porch outside the house. Because we know the, the way of being distant from God, that way doesn't work very well. The way of being distant from one another, that that doesn't work out very well either, does it? You don't find life thriving. You don't find life full. But you don't really know what to do. Jesus tells a story about a, a guy who was part of a family, and they had a lot of stuff. They had a lot of resources. They, they had a significant amount of money. And there were two brothers, a dad and two brothers. The youngest brother came to the dad and said, Dad, said, I'd like to go live my life the way I'd like to live it. So the dad says, fine. And he said, I'd like to take my inheritance with me. And the dad looked at him and said, you mean you wished I was dead? He said, well, if that's what it means for me to get my inheritance, okay. But you don't have to. You can just give me your, my inheritance. And the dad said, okay. Well, here it is. And the son took the inheritance. And he went. And he spent it. Before long, everything in his life was broken. And one day, he came to his senses. You ever come to your senses? You ever get a good look at where you're at? 
what life is really like. You ever take a really good accounting? Like, you know what? I got this, but I ain't got much. I got a lot of things that are going against me, and that list is big, but there's got to be a better way than this. That's where the son came to. He came to himself, or he came to his senses, and he said, the people that work for my dad that are like slaves, they got it better than I do. He said, so he, Jesus said, this kid, he started to make the trek home. And when, on his way there, he was thinking about all the things he was going to say to his dad, like, just let me be a servant in your house. Jesus said when he was a long ways off, his dad saw him. Now, you don't see somebody when they're a long ways off if you're sitting in a lazy boy chair inside the house. The dad was looking through the window, or maybe he was perched up on the wall. He was looking for him. He had his binoculars out. He was looking for him because he loved his son. And he loves his sons and his daughters that are a long way off. And when the dad saw the son walking down the road to try and get up on the porch, to be close, but not to be too close because he doesn't know how to actually go back in the house, the father came running. He put his arms around the son. And when the son was getting ready to tell him all the things about the things he'd been up to, he was going to ask him to be a servant, the father just said, don't worry, son. You're my son. You've always been my son. I want you to come home. In fact, I'm so excited that you're home. We're going to throw a party. We're going to have a feast. Now, Jesus said in that day, they took the best-looking calf out in the field, and they butchered it. And I don't know if they had steaks or hamburgers. They probably didn't have any of those things. I think if Jesus was here today, and he was going to talk about a big old party. He'd talk about the best, biggest barbecue you've ever been to. But God threw a party. He threw a party, a big old party. And he invited everybody around, and he said, come on, because my son who was lost is now home. My son who was lost is now home. Jesus said there's an older brother in that family. And the older brother, well, he lets us see it this way. If we look really deep, the older brother really is Jesus. The older brother in the story doesn't go looking for his younger brother. But Jesus really wants to see it and have us see and imagine that the older brother in our world is Jesus himself. And no matter how far we get away from God, the older brother is always out looking for us. Do you know you have an older brother? I have an older brother. His name is Jesus. And he comes looking for us no matter where we go, no matter what house we find ourselves in, because he wants to call us back to the house of God. And Jesus isn't just the older brother, but he's also the calf. He's also the sacrifice. He's the thing that we're meant to celebrate over because he's the thing that gives us life when we get back into the house of God. And he brings us to this door. This door, which is the doorway of faith. I know. That older brother didn't get it right. But Jesus is the good older brother. 
the good older brother that comes looking for us, that brings us back to a door of faith and invites us to walk through it. To have faith, like Abraham up there, Abraham had faith when God showed up and become a friend of God. Faith brings us back to this doorway. And we get to walk through. Not because we look pretty or we have it all together. Not because we've done something right or stellar. No, not at all. We simply get to walk through the doorway of faith because God invites us to. And God does something incredible in this doorway of faith. Um, in this building that you're in right now, if you were to start a fire, sprinklers would go off. They're automatic sprinklers. They'd start putting water on everybody in here if you started a fire. Probably has to be bigger than a fire that you, you light a cigarette with, I would imagine. It's probably got to be a big fire, like a campfire, bonfire, something like that. But sprinklers would go off. When you walk through the doorway of faith, God has some sprinklers that go off. Some water that comes out through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And there's the cleansing work that Jesus talked about, that Paul talked about by the blood of Christ. There's a sprinkler that goes off. And if you've ever been baptized, you know about the outer cleansing, right? But the sprinkler of God that goes off is a cleansing that's supposed to, to cleanse the heart. Because on that journey, when we go far away from God... We get a lot of damage to our own hearts, right? We, got, we get a lot of resentment that gets built up and goes upon our backs. We get some burdens that get laid upon our shoulders that are deep burdens and big burdens. And we try and carry all that stuff, but Jesus says, you know what, when you come to this doorway of faith, there's some sprinklers that are going to go off. And they're going to start doing stuff in your own heart. And they're going to start doing stuff with all that stuff you've been carrying. And if you've got a burden, you need to lay your burden down. And if you've got a wounded heart, Jesus gives us a salve. Jesus gives us some medicine. And he starts working with our heart through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus leads us through that doorway. Not perfect people. Not at all. Not because we've got it together. Not at all. No, He leads us through that doorway if we're willing to follow Him. He leads us back into the house of God where there's life and there's joy and there's truth and there's the reality of all that we're meant to be. It's back in this place. And those rules that we talked about, about being able to love God and love our neighbor, those things that were really hard become things that now our hearts become tuned into. And now, because we're back here and led by Jesus, we're able to walk in this way of loving our neighbor as ourselves, and we're able to love God. Do we do it perfectly? Probably not. Probably not for a long, long time. But guess what? This Holy Spirit's at work in us. 
And the Holy Spirit helps us confess our sins, helps us confess when we don't do it right. And the Holy Spirit helps us forgive others when they don't do it right. In this house, there are some people who walk through the doorway of faith and they find themselves here and then they get discouraged. They get tempted. It's interesting. We talk about how many days we've been clean because we know that there's a real temptation, right? And it's hard to stay clean. It's hard to stay in this house. And there are people who walk in through the doorway of faith and then they leave again. Maybe you find yourself in that spot. You've had faith. But you're at a different place today. You need to know that you can be back in the house of God. You can come home the same way you came the first time through faith, through the door of faith, through the sacrifice that Christ made. There's always a cleansing work in place. And when Jesus brings us through that doorway and he brings us into this house, he knows that, you know what, sometimes, sometimes we'll find ourselves fitting in and sometimes we won't. Because when you live in the house of God, there are real mirrors. Y'all ever been to a fair or to a carnival and walk through one of those houses of mirrors and the mirrors are all wonky? And they're all funky and you think you see yourself, but you don't really see yourself in the right way. And then you bump into mirrors and you find like you might need a doctor afterwards because you almost go crashing through a glass mirror. You ever done that? In the house of God, the mirrors are true. And we begin to see ourselves in ways that are right and true. And sometimes what we see in the mirrors that are in God's house, well, we, we just are blown away. Because we find out that we have been meaner than we ever imagined we could be mean. We find that we've told stories that are far from true. And we wonder, how is it that God could love us? Well, the reality is, friends, in the house of God, God never kicks us out of His house. But He has real conversation with us. True conversation in which he shows us who we really are. And then he says to us, my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister, draw close to me. Soak in my life. There's a biblical term for what the Spirit does when we get that invitation. It's called sanctification. And next week, Somebody's going to talk about the sanctifying work that God is up to. But essentially, it's the work of taking us closer to the heart of God than we can think or ever dream or imagine we'd go. And what sanctification is really going to do is it's going to shape us to being people who bear the fullness of the image of Christ himself so that we can be people who love the world as God loves the world. We can love our neighbors as God loves our neighbors, and we can love God as Jesus himself loves the Father. That's the place, that's the destiny that we're all meant to walk in. That's the house we're meant to live in. 
That's the track we're meant to be a part of our life. And the beautiful thing, brothers or sisters, is that that feast, that party that Jesus talked about, that was meant to greet the younger brother, the brother that went out on a trek a long ways away from God, that feast is in our own midst right now in this place. Because you see, when Jesus shows up in our journey, the journey that we're all on right now, even in this place, you see, all of us are invited into the house of God right now. And all of us are at some point invited to take a new step of faith right now and to walk through a door and to encounter Jesus right now. Because the scripture says, that Jesus was sacrificed for us. He gave his life for us. In the breaking of bread, we see what the sacrifice looks like. And in the shedding of his own blood, we can be made right with God and made to dwell in the very house of God. And so tonight, we are invited to walk through the doorway of faith. Maybe we have a lot of faith and it's easy for us to walk through that doorway. Or maybe we have very little or none. But Jesus invites us to come and partake of the feast, to feast on Him Himself. So I invite you to pray with me for a minute. And then the people that are going to serve for us, as I'm praying, I'd invite you to come forward. If you've been identified as a server, come forward. Kind Father, we find ourselves tonight in this house, your house, the house of God. And some of us, in the depths of our spirits, we feel like we fit into this place. This is the place we belong to. And some of us, if somebody really checked deep down in our hearts, we're shaking in our shoes. Because we really don't know if we belong in this place. Holy Spirit, speak to each and every one of us. Draw us close to you. And draw us through the doorway of faith. To take the next step that you'd have for us. We know what it's like to be on the journey out there. Distant from you and from one another. We know what it's like to pick up a number of burdens and a broken heart. We know what it's like to wish that there was a place, a good place that we could really call home. Take us home, Jesus. Take us home to be with you and the Father and the Spirit. Where there's goodness and life and forgiveness and joy where there's a new start and a new season, where the life that we sometimes think is only in our dreams, but it's a life that's a real life. Take us home to where there's bread and wine that doesn't get us drunk, but wine that feeds our soul. 
take us home. Where there's real, deep love. Where there isn't judgment, but there's the embrace of the almighty God. Take us home. In this place tonight, take us home. So Holy Spirit, call us forward. Call us into this place, into this joy, into this life. It's in your name we pray with the Father and the the Son. Amen. Friends, up here you're going to find a loaf and a bread. Simple gifts that Jesus took and he blessed and he broke and he gave us. Signs of his love, his deep love for us. Tonight, the band's going to lead us in some songs of worship. And we're all invited to come to this table through the doorway of faith. So some of you over here, you're going to have to move, right? Physically, you're going to have to move to come through that doorway. But that doorway is, on one hand, it's a doorway that symbolizes faith. But it doesn't just symbolize faith. Some of us need to walk in the way of faith. Some of us come here, we've never really had faith. Never really taken a step. But tonight, it can be your first step of faith. Some of us, we've had faith, right? Up here in our head. But we haven't taken a new step with our bodies with the places we live or with the people that we live with. We haven't taken a new step of faith in a long time. But tonight, Jesus calls you to a new place. And he says, sister, brother, it's time to step out. And you know what it is deep in your gut and in your heart. You know what it is. So take a step of faith, friends. Hear the promises of God. Then when you step in faith, you become not only a brother or sister, you not only become a child, but you become a friend of God. So if you're distant, stop being distant. If you're cold, stop being cold. But come tonight into the house of God, into the fire of God, and be warmed up and be filled up and rejoice come to the party of God come to this party tonight amen